Hello and welcome to the Walk Off USA Today's number one baseball podcast. I'm Ted Berg, joined in person by USA Today baseball editor Gabe Blacks. We are here at uh, Nationals Dodgers workout day before game one of the NLDS on, I believe, Friday. I tend to lose track of the day at at this time of year, Uh, but we are speaking on Thursday, as far as I know. Uh, about to watch the uh, the NLDS game Friday, and uh, we wanted to talk about the the National League playoffs a little bit. Specifically, uh, one big question, which is, can anybody beat the Chicago Cubs? That's a very good question. Uh, we're talking about 103 wins. Uh, we're talking about a, a very complete ball club, and uh, you know, it's a uh, it, it's a juggernaut that we haven't seen in in either league in quite some time, but. Uh, Ted, you just got back from New York uh, from the wild card game, which was uh, really uh, kind of stunning in that Madison Bumgarner kind of reminded us how good he can be and how much he can command a short series. Granted, it was a knockout game, but, uh, you know, we're going into a best three out of five here, and it's uh, it's easy to forget uh, these Giants, we'll just start with them, probably better equipped to make a postseason run than any of their past teams maybe the maybe the 2010 team when uh, when Tim Lincecum was was still kind of at his height and uh, and a guy like Bumgarner came along and Matt Cain was uh, was obviously very good as well but uh, you know here's a team that won a World Series or World Series with the likes of Barry Zito and, and Ryan Vogelsong and Jake Peavy in their rotation. And now they're they're going to start with uh, Johnny Cueto after burning Bumgarner in the wildcard game, which is a, a really great position to be in. And uh, yeah, I kind of wonder what your thoughts were coming out of that game in New York and, and what, uh, you know, how these things line up now for the Giants. Well, you know, I always sort of say anybody can beat anybody in the postseason. It's a short series, and you know, randomness dominates baseball. So, you know, you never know what to expect, right? I mean, we, we see the Atlanta Braves beat the Cubs in the re- regular season sometimes. So, you know, every now and then I think a lesser team is going gonna, is gonna to beat a, a superior team in the postseason. That said... Uh, I buy Bumgarner. I, I, I'm, I'm into it. I think that it's legit, you know, and, and again, it's it's the type of thing where I, I doubt and I doubt and I doubt when a, a guy performs, you know, so above his head seemingly uh, in a situation like that. But it, with Bumgarner, he just keeps providing more and more evidence that this is real, that he is a, a dominant force in, in the postseason. And, uh, and, you know, on top of, you know, just the, the performances he puts in, it's the, the durability and the apparent willingness to pitch basically every other day in the postseason if, if the Giants will let him. And so, you know, I think that is a, a fairly big factor. You know, looking at this five-game series, if you get Bumgarner twice, uh, you know, then the, I mean, basically the Giants only have to find one other game to win. And it makes you wonder how much he gets in the head of, uh, of opposing teams. It's, uh, I think, not to take anything away from his physical ability or his just personal ability to rise to a certain level uh, mentally, uh, physically, everything else. But it makes you wonder what were the you know what were the Mets thinking going into this, knowing what they were up against. What are the Chicago Cubs thinking going into this series? It's like he's this monster lurking in Game Three, and uh, you know, does that make you press at all? Does it make you wonder? Well, we got to you know we got to win two at home, or else uh, you know if we if we go to San Francisco one one, we might be down two one. I mean, it's a uh, it's hard to imagine another uh, player tipping the scales so much I mean we're looking at maybe a couple potentially in this series here with Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw uh, but if you want to talk about a guy who has done it 
for uh, you know, a number of years. We're talking about, uh, I think he's on an eight-start run of uh, <laughs> pretty much utter dominance. Uh, and before then, of course, pitched some very big games in, the, in the, their 2010 run. So it's... Uh, you know, it's supposed to be a sport where uh, you're not supposed to be able to be dominated by one guy, but but here we are uh, in year four of this uh, every other year thing, if, if not to assign that narrative too much importance. You're six. You're six. Yes, right. And uh, and here he is, and it's it's still happening. So there's there's got to be something to it. I'm just yeah, I'm very curious to see how the Cubs kind of uh, respond to this phenomenon. I saw someone suggest um, that the Mets should have tried going you know extracurricular to to you know rattle Bumgarner I mean we've seen Bumgarner he he does get upset at umpires he does get upset sometimes at opposing players and I I saw someone point out like maybe the Mets should start you know complaining about the the called strikes and and do something to try to you know just shake him off his game and I think that probably just speaks to how uh, overwhelming it must be to face him and how overwhelmingly dominant he's been really that that now you're saying well let's forget about actually just trying to hit him let's maybe we can get into his head somehow and he doesn't really seem apt to to let that happen so you know I would say the Giants have some chance but I guess the big difference there is that you know the Giants offense struggled a lot at times in the second half they sort of pulled it back together the you know right at the end uh to to wind up in that wild card game and then you know did manage three runs uh, off the Mets pitching staff and in, in the in the Wild card game, you know, a lot of that is is credit to Noah Syndergaard more than it is a, a detriment to the Giants. But uh, the Cubs have the best offense, defense, and pitching staff in the National League, certainly. And, and so, you know, I while I think there's a, a way Bumgarner can win two games. I just feel like the Cubs are too good for the Giants. Yeah, it's uh, the the notion of run prevention can't be stressed enough when you talk about the team they've put together, especially when uh, yeah the Giants don't hit a ton of home runs. Uh, kind of made their bones more through. Uh, opportunistic postseason hitting uh a lot of things are going to have to consider joe panic hasn't looked right uh you know he's been injured and uh wasn't the guy that he was in 2014 when he actually uh kind of turned uh, turned the tenor of this series a bit in washington when uh, a couple big hits in game one uh brandon belt you know an interesting guy who can kind of turn it on turn it off hunter pence great postseason success the last few years but you look at their body of work this year, and yeah, it's been very uneven. And suddenly, you're faced with uh, facing a really stellar pitching staff. And I think uh, maybe the the biggest thing the Cubs can kind of point to is you know John Lester's not going to be bad. You know he's uh, he might very well dominate. He might just you know keep the ball away from the Giants. Uh, you know like a uh, like the the kind of great postseason pitcher he's been in the past and we're talking that guy's going game one and game five uh, so that uh, that certainly is a significant security blanket for the Cubs especially when you figure their defense isn't going to let them down uh, but yeah maybe, maybe that makes the key guy in this series ultimately Jake Arrieta uh, a little bit uneven uh, his his 12-month run has kind of kind of ended uh, that came kind of out of nowhere included a no hitter and a, a couple great playoff performances uh that that uh, that might be the big thing for them if he can uh get back to where he needs to be uh then that does make them awfully hard to beat and maybe uh maybe nullifies Bumgarner totally 
Yeah, you know, and, and, and you make a great point, right, which is with the pitching the Cubs have with Lester, uh, with Arietta, and again, Arietta, you know, inconsistent this year, had, had dominant at times and uh, got a little bit a little bit wild. He wasn't as, as uh, able to avoid the walk as he was last season this year, certainly, and uh, had some shaky starts, which we didn't see him do at all, you know, in his Cy Young year in 2015. But, you know, the Cubs have uh, three guys, four guys who can come out and and match zeros with Bumgarner, right? So even if you even if you want to go into a game saying, well, you know, we, we we're just not going to score off Bumgarner for nine innings, I think you can plan on ten, and I think if you go to ten, you, then the Cubs are going to win. Right, absolutely, and it's uh, yeah. The other thing too that they have a really good bullpen, and and the the Giants do not. <laughs> I think it uh, at the very least uh, they were able to sort of identify Sergio Romo as their ninth inning guy, which uh, Bruce Bochy probably should have uh, hewed to a little sooner. Uh, kind of, you know, this veteran uh, veteran loyalty has served him really well in this run, but. Uh, a lot of games given away by Santiago Casilla down the stretch. Uh, so, yeah, that uh, it gets close and it gets late. And the fact that three of the five games will be played at Wrigley Field certainly does uh, bode pretty well for the uh, for the Cubs. Yeah, there's just no element in the Giants' bullpen like Araldis Chapman, right? No one, no one is uh, Sergio Romo coming in throwing 84 mile an hour sliders. He's been effective with it, right? But it's just not the type of lights out stuff that the Cubs can put up there. Really, uh, with a few guys, and the Giants have have very few guys like that. The, even their big stuff guys, your Hunter Stricklands of the world, are are vulnerable in certain ways as as we've seen in the postseason before so uh, it sounds like you're saying you don't actually think the Giants can take down the Cubs <laughs> uh, I was for them before I was against them how about that uh, I think I think they can I think they can I think no okay you put you okay you you held my hand to the fire there okay I, they, I don't think they can do it I think uh, I think Lester's just too tough I think he's been too tough and uh and, you know, he's been in this spot so many times. They're going to be so fired up tomorrow. But, you know, Joe Madden handles that group so well. And uh, I think, yeah, they, they get out with a, a crisp, uh, you know, 3-1 type game one victory. You know, they do just enough damage off Cueto. And then you're kind of off and running. Then you just need to win uh, two of the next four uh, with Lester lurking in game five. And, and only one, uh, one Bumgarner start to uh, – you know, to kind of mess with you a bit there. So, yeah, as interesting as the path is for the Giants to make it happen, and there is one. Uh, you know, gosh, you play this game, play this series nine times out of ten, uh, the, the Cubs are probably winning it. Right, but there is that one that one time out of ten, right? And and we've seen the Giants ride on that one out of ten uh, several times before now, several times this decade. So it wouldn't be the, the most shocking thing in the world, but I think uh, you probably get – some better options in this series and and as we watch uh, a group of of Dodgers batters including Yasiel Puig take some batting practice uh, do either of these teams the Dodgers and Nationals have a shot at taking down the Cubs oh definitely I mean it's uh again it's (laughs) it's a shot versus a real viable chance uh and that's that kind of depends on how both teams all these teams come out of their respective division series you know do the uh do the Giants push the Cubs to five games, uh, and and the, either the Giant, the Di- Nationals, or Dodgers uh, 
wrap things up in three or four. That would give a pretty good, not advantage necessarily, to uh, to the victor of this series that's starting here in Washington, but gives them a much uh, you know a much better puncher's chance. Uh, I think uh, you know you start with just game one, which is big in any any short series. Not quite as big in a four of seven, but uh, let's just assume everybody's lined up. You know, you're offering up a Max Scherzer or a Clayton Kershaw against a John Lester, and that's uh, those odds are really good. We uh, we just uh, talked to Kershaw, or at least you direct, directly addressed him uh, not too long ago, and got the sense he's feeling pretty much like Clayton Kershaw. Maybe not with that utter conviction that you would have seen uh, at the start of this year uh, or uh, the you know any of his number of uh, Cy Young and MVP years, but you kind of get the sense he's feeling like, I'm back. Yeah, and, you know, a lot has been made of his postseason struggles. Uh, as he pointed out, you know, and I think accurately, uh, he has had some, I mean, he didn't say he has had some great postseason games, but he has had some great postseason games. He's just had uh, two or three clunkers, and when you're working with, you know, 10 starts versus, you know, 300 or whatever he's thrown in, in his big league career, then then those two or three really do stand out, and, and we sort of confirmation bias this notion that, that Clayton Kershaw can't pitch in the, in the postseason. He's the best pitcher in the world, right? And, and I, I sort of wanted to bring up a hypothetical uh, because I think two days ago, I would have known exactly where I stand on this one. And, and today, after watching Bumgarner, I'm a little less certain. Uh, game seven, elimination game, obviously. Everybody's on full rest. Would you rather have Kershaw or Bumgarner? Oh, man. Uh, that's, yeah, that's kind of the eternal question. I still think peak healthy Clayton Kershaw, full rest, I'll take him by the slightest of margins. Yeah, and, and I'm with you on that. It's it's that... I think we've done that one before, uh, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I buy it. I buy yeah. it. I, I don't remember that. It's just, it's, yeah. <laughs> I think that, well, but especially it's in... the revisiting. Yeah. And especially in the postseason where Bumgarner does seem to take it to another level, uh, you know, as as good as it is, it's not. I mean, Kershaw is on a, a different level in the rest of the league, right? When when uh, when he's going well, when he's pitching in the regular season, you, you look at uh, just the way his his stats have been, how dominant he's been. I think he's led the league in ERA or would if he qualified for the last six or seven straight seasons right now, uh, and that. Uh, the peripherals keep getting better, right? He keeps walking fewer people, people and striking out more people, and uh, just becoming uh, more and more difficult to hit every single season. I feel like the postseason stuff for Kershaw is a fluke, and so you know, while again I, I said I do buy into Bumgarner being a being able to step up his game a little bit there, uh, Kershaw still got to be my guy. Yeah, absolutely, and it's. Uh it's just uh, that repertoire that you cannot, uh, you know, you cannot deny the, the three pitch, uh, you know, fastball slider curve. I mean, it's just, they, they all can devastate a hitter. And when he's on, it's absolutely hopeless for, uh, for opposing hitters. Uh, you know, and, and that's not to say that, uh, that his opposite number uh, tomorrow night here in Washington can't do the same thing. Cause uh, there are times, well, bottom line, Max Scherzer is a threat to throw a no hitter every time out he really is I mean when his stuff is that good it's uh you know it's fascinating to watch that fastball just kind of bores in on you and you can't do anything with it and uh and 
yeah, that's I think what's going to make this matchup tomorrow so fascinating, and and also to see you know c- can he be sort of this uh, you know the, this bulldog uh, you know for the Nationals that are down at Strasburg uh, and a, a whole lot of mystery after that they haven't even committed to a game two starter yet, which uh, which will make this series really interesting, and I. I I feel like these teams are pretty evenly matched and, uh, you know, maybe to the detriment of their viability to beat the Cubs, they, they might end up taking this thing four or five games. You know, uh, it's it's funny you mentioned the second starter thing because obviously replacing Strasburg uh, is an issue for the Nationals and they'd rather have him out there than, than not. But uh, it brings up sort of a, a, an interesting possibility, which is that Gio Gonzalez might work one of these games, or almost certainly will work one of these games. And while Gio has had a, a pretty rough year uh, altogether, uh, very high ERA for him, and and just not the type of season where you know uh, the the uh, steady. You know, he's never been a superstar, but always a steady pitcher, and he sort of stepped back a little bit this year. But the Dodgers have been abysmal at, at hitting left-handed pitchers, and and you almost wonder if that's a you know obviously again they'd rather have Strasburg, right? But you wonder if there's a little bit of a, a silver lining to that cloud in knowing that it means you know bringing on a, a left-hander into that rotation. Yeah, you don't like. Uh... Uh, you know, so-called mystery meat in the postseason. You'd like to have a little more certainty. Uh, but Geo does bring that upside. You know, is he going to be the guy that's uh, that's walking uh, three or four guys in a start? Or is he going to be the guy striking out uh, 10, 11 guys over six innings? I mean, that guy might show up. And like you said, uh, you know, the Dodger lineup's susceptible to lefties. You know, maybe that does bring out the best in, in Gio Gonzalez. Uh, now, it is, in- is interesting. Uh, Dave Roberts, again, kind of went out of his way today to, to sort of uh, – praise not so much the the attitude as much as the mechanical adjustments made by Yasiel Puig uh, when he was dispatched to the minor leagues uh, on August 1st and uh, I should note as you said that that he just put a ball about 440 <laughs> feet to left field whenever you clear the Harris Teeter sign in left field here it's uh, <laughs> but yeah he uh, it, it was more the uh, the on-field adjustments uh, when he returned that that uh, that Dave Roberts noticed uh, and yeah he, so he's going to start against Geo uh, which uh, was not a look the Dodgers had uh, when they traded for Josh Reddick and he got off to such a terrible start uh, for them uh, when now you can kind of spot Reddick against lefties you can mix and match a lot of different guys in that lineup so uh, yeah an interesting uh, interesting look for the Dodgers there which of these teams you feel has the better chance uh, assuming the Cubs do beat the Giants uh, if, if you had to pick one of these clubs to take down the 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 Cubs which rhymes uh, which would that which would that be I think I got to go with the Dodgers, uh, just the, the overall depth. Uh, if the Nationals were fully healthy, and I'm not too, not too down on on them because Wilson Ramos is out. Uh, you know, it's you know, catcher typically doesn't do too much in the postseason with the bat. They're usually got so many other part of, of balancing that lineup out, though. This right? is true. Yes, you're going to shorten that quite a bit with uh, with Severino, who's starting tomorrow, and uh, you know, the, yeah, you, it, that uh, definitely takes a big bat out of there. If uh, you know, is Daniel Murphy a hundred percent? That's going to be big for them, but. You know, you get the two lefties at the top of the rotation. Uh, if if Kershaw is himself, and if Rich Hill has that has that curveball working, and then you go to a, a bullpen that's really been pretty great the whole season. And the thing that I like about it is they're going to have to be matching up with the Araldis Chapman late in the game. Uh, you want to talk about a guy with power stuff who can maybe give you one plus innings 
uh, in a playoff situation and kind of blow the doors down a bit, it's Kinley Jansen. You know, it's uh, you, you want to shorten that game. Uh, you know, they can get the ball to him, uh, you know, maybe in the eighth inning. Maybe he goes two innings for a save. Uh, you know, they're going to need all of that. But, yeah, th- this team's just really well put together and, and really deep, and the Nationals aren't as deep, and, and they're banged up right now. So uh, uh, an upright Dodger, Dodger club can, I think, do some damage against the Cubs. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Rich Hill because I think that's a, uh, another interesting element of, of this series and a potential next series. You know, I think that if you were saying, well, who was the more valuable pitcher this year, uh, Rich Hill or Tanner Roark, I think there'd be no doubt it was Roark. He just threw a lot more innings, right, and and, and had a really nice season and, and is a, a very good major league pitcher. But I think if you're talking about, you know, who has the, the capacity for a better game, uh, you know, just based on the results over the past couple of years, I think that's Hill. And, you know, I think the, the warts on Hill would be, you know, that he, he does seem to be prone to injuries, that he's he's 37, that he's not going to hold up over the long haul, you'd rather have Roark on your team, no doubt. But, you know, I think if, if you're looking for, you know, a healthy starter to give you an ace-like performance, Hill is a, is a good bet if he's on the mound. And, and I think that's why I also like the Dodgers, you know, better than the Nationals to take down the Cubs. Yeah, it, again, it's that big upside. Uh, you know, it's he can absolutely lock down left-handed hitters, and, and his stuff plays well to, to both sides of the plate. Uh, yeah, and, and again, Roark, uh, he's fine. He's good. Gio Gonzalez, he's all right. Uh, you know, a, Nationals probably also going to have to look to uh, Max Scherzer on three days rest a couple times. Joe Ross is going to be on their postseason roster, but uh, will they go four deep in the rotation? And so you might start seeing those diminishing returns of uh, of Scherzer going on three days of rest if he has to do it two or three times. That's uh, that's kind of a tough spot for uh, for a guy like that. So yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of firepower on the mound for the Dodgers who can certainly match up I think with uh, with the Cubs uh, and and at the very least take the game into the late innings uh, you know with the kind of shutdown guys they can they can roll out there we need to wrap up so you know I'll just put you to the test and and you know we were trying to avoid the the straight up predictions but we've gotten to that time and and you know I think we we're we're both rather tired after uh you know <laughs> staying up through you know early the first day of the uh, postseason we're both already uh at least I speak for myself kind of wiped uh from the the events leading up to it so let's just uh go the lazy route here and try to try to jump at some predictions uh, and and start with the with the other series, uh, Giants or Cubs. You know, uh, you kind of took me down off the off the Madison Bumgarner high a little bit. You know, <laughs> I was still kind of riding that. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Cubs are too deep, like you said. And uh, again, it's game one is so huge. You know, you take uh, the Giants can somehow get that game off a of Lester. Uh, knowing that they're going to go back at least uh, no worse than a tie, start playing with house money and throw Mad Bum out there in Game Three. I don't think that happens though. I think I think Lester locks them down tomorrow. The Giants have been, you know, going at it hard for two weeks now, fighting for their lives. They burned their ace. They fly to Chicago. I think John Lester probably deals them a dose of reality tomorrow, and they win this thing in four games. Yeah, I was going to say Cubs in four as well. Is is Lester your series MVP? 
Yes. Now they don't do one for the division series, mercifully. Oh, right. You can you can spray champagne for a wild card game, but you can't do an MVP for a division series. Go figure that one. <laughs> do you think that they? I, I I thought about this last night. Do you think that four champagne celebrations is excessive? Because I don't I don't blame a baseball player for wanting to spray champagne all over the clubhouse. It looks like a heck of a lot of fun. You know, I don't want to be like an old spoil sport like. But I mean, the Giants were were celebrating with champagne last night. They literally celebrated with champagne. I mean, like three days earlier. Here's the thing. Uh, I think you get one voucher for the wild card clincher or the wild card game. So let's say you're fighting for the division and you don't, you know, you don't win the division and the wild card is kind of a bummer, kind of a consolation prize and you don't celebrate it. And then you win the wild card game. Hey, celebrate. Uh, but on the other hand, if you just did that, uh, as the Giants did, yeah, it's, it's a little much. But I think uh, I almost feel like there's a marketing element to it because you get those, uh, you get Budweiser. A lot of Budweiser. Cloaking, uh, cloaking the, the lockers yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's a very good point. Uh, let's move over to this series and, and we'll keep it quick. But uh, Dodgers are next. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're going Dodgers, or at least I'm going Dodgers here. Uh, four or five games. Uh, yeah, I just think uh, a little more overall firepower. I think they've been they've been in a groove for three or four months now, two, three, four months, and you can't really understate that. Uh, and and throw in the fact that you've got two potential real lockdown kind of pitchers and Kershaw and, and Hill going out there uh, against a wounded team. Uh, I like the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm, I wish I could contend for the sake of contention and em- embrace debate and everything else. But uh, I'm just going to go ahead and agree with you. I was going to say, I'll, I'll say it goes five games. I'll say it goes five games. The Nats get some good pr- pitching performances. But uh, hey, Kershaw and, and Hill uh, and that bullpen, too much for, for the Nationals. And so I'll take the Dodgers in five. Okay, sounds fair enough. And then uh, that will leave them totally spent. And so the Cubs... I guess we've determined we're going to win the World Series after all that. <laughs> all right, yeah. So we'll, uh, you know, come back and we'll, we'll be we'll be back to talk about the Cubs when they do win the World Series or uh, figure out exactly what what did them in. Uh, probably a jinx, but more likely just baseball. And uh, you can check out the walk off on SoundCloud and on Stitcher and rate us and review us on iTunes. Uh, find uh, all of our stuff on on USAToday.com/slash/MLB. Uh, there's tons of it. And, and plenty more to come so uh, enjoy the, the first few games of, of the postseason and, and Gabe as always thanks for uh, thanks for joining the show we'll do it again sometime soon and uh, yeah get some sleep tonight we'll do we'll do